Good Saturday morning and welcome to this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence. Andy unable to join us in the studio this morning, but we will look back at some of the calls that we have taken over the past little while. You up to date on that and we'll have Andy back in the studio next Saturday morning. So if you do have the questions this morning, hang on to those. Again, we'll join up with Andy next Saturday morning here live in the studio. In the meantime, again, of course, best of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590 at 106.9 FM WKZO. We're part of this ecosystem. That's mm-hmm. what's nice about Waddell's and some of the items we grow. And that's where it's very important on the bees. It's very important on the monarchs at the same time. And it's nice that Michigan State does do very good research, and they have put together a research update just done here in the last few days in May. And Michigan is actually an important state for supporting the summer breeding population of monarchs. There's an update on what we do and don't know about increasing egg laying and survival. Throughout southwest Michigan, common milkweed is starting to emerge and adult monarch butterflies have arrived. At the start of this new monarch season, it's helpful to review what we do and actually don't know about monarch biology and conservation. Michigan is actually one of the very most important states, not the most important, but one of them in the eastern migratory monarch and supporting the summer breeding population. So recent research has focused on understanding monarchs prefer laying eggs and the fate of those eggs and young larvae. In the studies, monarchs have laid most of eggs in common milkweed. And also, although butterfly milkweed has helped, swamp milkweed also have all been utilized, especially late in the summer. But when given a choice of laying eggs on common milkweed in different types of habitat, monarchs showed varying preferences. In one year, monarchs laid more eggs and milkweed in a cornfield, and then the following year in a grassland habitat. But the studies have shown where milkweed is their preference. 79% of the time, they want to lay in the milkweed over the butterfly weed. Now, there is definitely a beauty in the butterfly weed, Mm -hmm. but Waddell's is starting to actually carry milkweed seed in packets, in bulk, and by the ounce at our store. We've also been learning um, that they unfortunately have a lot of predators before they've hatched. We've been, um, they've been learning who eats monarch eggs and the young larvae and the, uh, when the predation event occurs. Uh, a total of 75 insect and, and spider species um, give those eggs and young larvae a run for the money. We followed up by monitoring those eggs in the field and even with surveillance cameras confirming um, what has happened. Surprisingly, a lot of that happened in the evening. Um, Common predators included spiders, earwig, cree, uh, tree uh, crickets, and primarily plant-feeding small milkweed bug. But what is the most important thing, really, Tim, is a lot of times milkweed looks like a weed. 
Yeah. And it's not really a pretty plant. So here's what Michigan State is suggesting. Okay. That's why I think this article is important. Finally, we've been interested in what we can do to enhance the monarch ling is actually making the plant look better and the survival. Longtime observers of monarchs have noticed that when given the choice, females greatly prefer laying their eggs on young plants. Our studies show by late June, common milkweed around the area have become relatively unattractive for monarch egg laying. In addition, once they start flowering, common milkweed attracts a number of ants and, what else, more predators. These observations has led us to new approaches on managing. So every gardener knows, cutting off milkweed stems above the ground simply causes it to, ha regenerate from the roots. We have found by mowing approximately one-third of the common milkweed stems in a patch in mid-June, the second third in mid-July, regenerating stems are more attractive, increasing the monarch egg laying up to tenfold and reducing predator numbers by half because they're younger plants. Now, this is the initial study, but they're going to be repeating the study again this year. So maybe some of that, Tim, is actually like when a perennial looks spent. Yeah. Um, peonies, poppies, and I'm sorry to say when iris starting to go downhill, what do we do? We immediately clean up the plant, and here comes the mother plant. The mother plant starts shooting up for next year's growth. Well, milkweed probably has enough oomph in it that it'll probably set new root, come up right up from the ground, and we're not looking for the flower. We're looking for foliage. New foliage, more monarch increase. Uh-huh. So it's kind of cool little study yeah. that uh, might have a benefit. Maybe it's not, not everybody's got a fence row in their backyard. Right. Maybe, though, there's a corner behind the shed where there's one spot or two that could be their quote-unquote native little area in their yard. Maybe a little patch that has milkweed in combination with, they've they've mentioned where bare dirt with a little moisture, soft, cool dirt, um, somewhere there's a muddy spot sometimes. Um, they you see them sometimes landing all over the, mm-hmm. the in the summertime. And that's just making a draw for those uh those butterflies okay <laughs> kind of a kind of a cool idea yeah really wow. yep so um um maybe you can do your part last week we talked about um kalamazoo fishes and loaves how you could increase maybe a little something an extra mm-hmm. uh, planting a little extra for somebody well maybe this year this week is planting a little extra for your butterflies at the same time there you go Hey, uh, good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, I have a question about a tree that I purchased from your store about oh, five or six years ago. Okay. It's a Cardinal Royal Mountain Ash. Mm-hmm. And I planted it way out in the back uh, five acres here, so I don't keep close track of it. I went out here this week, and that tree is almost defoliated. Yes, sir. Um, is that prone to insect or disease, one or the other? Well, um, yes and no. Uh, mountain ash used to used to be one we would sell hundreds of a year. And, Doug, it is still a nice tree. The Cardinal Royal is an improved variety of the mountain ash. They can be small leaf. It can be fairly susceptible to leaf spot, black spot, powdery mildew, just like roses. Um, okay. It is a... 
this season, and you, you're probably not going to lose the tree because of this, but this season you had a lot of moisture. Then you had some cool. Then you had a lot of moisture again, and then you had cool. Well, we didn't have any time for that plant, Doug, to dry out, so a lot of those leaves held moisture during the day, and they get a leaf spot and drop. The key okay. thing is maybe next year, if you can, or even late this summer, put one or two fungicide controls on it. If it's five years old, it's still within spring. The concept is if, Doug, you can keep a little foliage on during the summer, you will probably have more growth out of the plant. When there's no leaves, the plant goes dormant, and they just try to set their buds for next year. So um, when we have a dry season and it's not near the moisture that we had this year, which has been great for growing, but a lot of uh, disease has been on, uh, mountain ash will get that. Um, second, mountain ash can sometimes be drawn. Um, Japanese beetles can be drawn to that. Now, beetles come and go right now, Doug. Um, a few years ago, we didn't have them. This year seems to be a, a little bigger crop. I was just talking today about this is the year of the bug. So not necessarily drawing your neighbors, but you could apply some seven to that, and that would rid the Japanese beetles on that. You could do a topical spray. Just a couple ideas, and then maybe this fall, Doug, feed it. Get the um, uh, grass away, maybe put a mulch line of four or five or six feet so the, the plant doesn't have as much competition, and put a four-pound bag of a spoma tree tone on in October to encourage better growth for next year. Okay. So those are come my ideas. I like mountain ash from a distance. You can see that, and it's grown up north a lot, up in the UP a lot. You'll see that fruit from a... Half mile away, it gets bright orange, doesn't it? And the, yes, it the, does. The birds are, are um, and the, the flowers are actually uh, pleasing, and um, the birds love the fruit. So there's a lot of pluses to that mountain ash. There's just a couple, couple minor um, things that you have to work on with that. And where are we at right now in regards to uh, Japanese beetle population? I shook that tree, and I didn't get a single beetle that flew off the tree. But, of course, all the dead leaves cascaded down like snowfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I would hope I could say that beetles are on their way out, but I probably not. I'm seeing um, our farm did a rating a couple years ago. In this past two years, we didn't even put any traps out at our farm where we grow in Galesburg, Doug, and we didn't trap any. That's a great sign. This mm-hmm. past year, we're starting to see them getting into the rose buds and the flowers themselves. So we started putting some some traps out because of that. So they go in cycles a little bit. Um, I wish I could say we were at the end of them, but they they tend to be five or seven years ago. We all had them terrible, and then it got less and less, and uh, they tend to go through and move throughout the state. So I'd say you're at the lesser end that we had a few years ago, um, probably more than last year, though, just because of the moisture. You get a dry season, you don't get near as much moisture. They don't harvest as as well uh, or grow as well coming out of the lawn. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help. Good luck on your mountain ash. Hey, thank you. Hey, Ray, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. How can I be of help? Well, I've got a couple of rhubarb plants that are getting really large, and I've heard that when they get large like that, you should you should separate the roots and replant them. You is, got is it. That, when should I do that? Spring or fall? Or yep, nope. Fall is good. Actually, in the next uh, in the next month. Now, is that foliage, Ray? Has that kind of starting to wither back and brown on the edges? Yes. Good. Is the main stem? Did you let it flower, or did you cut the flower stalk off? 
I've tried to cut the flowers off. Good, good man. Okay, so you're already ahead because sometimes the flower, um, there's so much energy that goes in that huge stalk sometimes. So if you've got good foliage, it is kind of, uh, you're not going to hurt it, but put that spade right down the middle, Ray, and dig that thing up. And it splits way better than like a, um, a ornamental grass. Go ahead and cut it, and it does very similar to iris. They like good drainage. They like compost. They just don't like it around their stem also. Cow manure is what we don't suggest on rhubarb. So when you're setting it back in, peat um, good for good drainage. Sand, you can take usually one or two eyes, Ray, or two or three eyes if you want good crop for next year. And you might find that maybe that center stalk has five or six or six or seven eyes. Um, I have some rhubarb from the last homeowner that, you know, it's quite large, and we split it up a couple years ago, and it seems to be doing real well. Mm-hmm. I'm Fol- not sure what you mean by eyes. What do those look like? Okay. They are just the the buds that are coming out of the ground where those flower um, or the leaves originate. So once you dig it up, you'll see where those roots are attached to the, the base of the ground, and you'll see where those uh, origination leaves come from, and that's where you want to keep some of those group together mm-hmm. um make the the cutting not so small that you won't have a crop next year leave two or three nice good roots in the in one clump as you're resetting them in the ground mm-hmm. okay? okay they don't like competition so maybe now's the time to dissect them too get out the crabgrass quack grass and all the bluegrass or anything that's growing around them and when they're set back down in little bone meal little sand little compost would do it world of good Okay. All right. I'll try that. Okay. Thanks a lot. You bet. All right. Thank you. Think about how calming the sights and sounds of water are. Wouldn't a pond in your own outdoor living area be beautiful and relaxing? Woodell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center has the plants, supplies, and the ideas you need to create your own tranquil backyard getaway. To get your pond started right, get Extra Tough Pond Liner. It's 45 mils thick and is now 25% off. Of course, you'll want some rocks to add interest around your pond. Woodell's has the biggest selection around. Plus, this week, choose from any natural stone and get 25% off. Save 25% on natural flagstone, steps, wall stone, and boulders. You'll also want to add plants to your water feature. All water plants are 75% off. To get the relaxing sound of water, get a waterfall kit. There are waterfall kits that contain everything you need, just add water. This week, save 50% on waterfall kits. Pumps are now 50% off, too, and you can also save 50% on all pond chemicals, fish food, nets, and tubing. Woodell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. A lot of this show, Tim, for 59 years is actually just trying to get people to have success mm-hmm. and having good luck in their yard. And so we're asking Denny Zellick to join us this morning. Denny, good morning. Hey, good morning, Andy. Thank hey. you so much for having me on. You bet. You bet. And Denny represents Mike's or our company, the Beneficial Mike's, Tim, that uh, we sell at Waddell's that okay. we go ahead and add to a lot of our plantings. And uh, Denny, thanks for joining us. My first question is, Denny, tell me how um, Mike's product got started. I actually heard you tell me one time that the Mike's was started for uh, food production. And can you tell us a little what really Mike's is? Well, let's start with what Mike really is. Uh, Mike is short, or how we've shortened it, for uh, mycorrhizae, which is a beneficial fungus. It's a naturally occurring, all-organic organism. 
that colonizes the roots of plants. Now, what we do with what we did was we watched certain cultures that actually knew about this and used to use it in their plantings, and this goes back years and years and years, uh, probably back when I was a kid, Andy. Mm -hmm. And we just took what a lot of the indigenous people from around the world knew and turned it in, you know, kind of modernized it a little bit, uh, ramped up the production, and now we can bring that technology to you and your customers. You bet, you bet. And I um, I am sold on it, Denny, because I've seen the results. So could you tell our customers maybe um, and our listeners – how do the plants benefit from this? I mean, more more than just adding topsoil to the garden, you know, or putting it in with that azalea, um, with that um, viburnum or spirea or dog with their, their planting or raspberry. Okay. Basically, what's going to happen is Mike is going to, you're going to put it on the root mass of the plant as you're planting it in your yard. The Mike will then start colonizing the roots of the plant and act as extensions to that root. So it will run out through your garden or through your planter and pick up the nutrients that your roots from your existing plant, from the plant that you have, can't get at. So basically, we're going to start feeding a heck of a lot smarter. When we get into drought conditions like we've kind of been experiencing here in Michigan, Mm -hmm. Mike is also going to go out and try to find all the moisture that's in the soil that the root can't get at. Brings it back to the plant, feeds the plant, plant kind of likes that, so in turn, it feeds the mite back with starches and sugar, just so they can keep working together and moving along. Yeah, yeah, and I know that even brought me to my next next question. I mean, it actually helps, even though it is definitely building roots in that drought, drought conditions that, that we're coming up to. Am I correct? Absolutely, Andy. Just to give you a, a quick story here, and that, uh, I just got back from Cultivate. 16 down in Ohio. So I was at home for about three, four days over the weekend, and it was pretty darn dry. When I got home, all of my plants that have been planted with Mike, which is everything in my yard, still looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is the plants have that ability to pull in. Now, we've seen, so I'll tell you my story, Danny, we've seen where we have planted um, plants at a client's summer cottage and then a builder came along and built a deck and accidentally cut the drip irrigation. A client from Chicago calls us and says, hey, that dogwood passed away. You'll have to go ahead and re- replace it. We go out there, and Denny, that root mass was so big, it had been there a good year. Yes, the top had withered, but the plant was coming back because there was the mics had generated so much root. I called the customer from their cottage and said, this plant's totally alive. If we can keep it, we'll just cut the top out and allow that plant just to continue to grow. That mass of roots, you could hardly pull that dogwood out of the ground because of the uh, the extensity that the mics had pulled it out. Oh, which is which is ideal because the bigger the root mass, as you know and everybody knows, the uh, better off that the plant has for survivability. And you know, the larger the feet, the bigger the top growth. Yeah, yeah. Now I know. Um, uh, we have seen even we're testing it ourselves, Denny, even in our production at our farm because we're seeing such good results. And we're we're putting it on things that might grow a little slower, like oak. We have tried on this year because it sometimes takes a full season or more to uh, to establish rootstock in the uh, in the pot. So that's kind of cool. We're trying to 
go full turn, not even in the garden, but working it into our production ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, Denny, I just wanted to thank you. I think um, uh, if we have a caller, I'd give them a, a small mics to uh, start up a planting if they wanted to give us a call. I'd, I'd give one away at Waddell. So, Denny, I thank you for joining us. I think some of that is we're trying to educate our client, and again, with this drought conditions that's going to come on uh, next week. We've seen most of it all in the 90s. That's where that mic really helps out in that um, survivability of that plant. Absolutely, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Can I can I throw in one quick uh, plug for mics and for Waddell's, you bet. if you don't mind? Please. Uh, we just happen to have a, a phenomenal program with you folks at Waddell's that we have to mention, that uh, when you go out and you're ready to replace some of your landscaping, specifically trees and shrubs, mm-hmm. I'd strongly suggest that you get over to Waddell's and look at their great selection of products and ask them for some mic. What we'll do, because we have an agreement with Waddell's, is we'll take the standard Waddell's one-year warranty mm-hmm. on your trees and shrubs, and we will extend that to five years if you buy the proper amount of mic along with that. And all you Waddell specialists know how to dose it out. Yep, yep. You know, and that's uh, almost relieves the customer just knowing that after one year, it's four more years for that plant to have a warranty with it. And that's how we're sold on the mics for sure and knows that mics can back that up. So we've had very little returns with the mics once once we got started on the program. A lot of the returns are on the people that don't use the mics. So, uh, Denny, I thank you for the plug. We didn't even uh, – Tim, we didn't ask him to – uh, put that plug in for no, us. No, yeah. we did not. <laughs> Denny, you know me, Andy. I'm just a shameless promoter. <laughs> well, however, when I find something that works, I will stand behind it. That's right. right. That's right. And I think Waddell's does too. So we appreciate it, and uh, thanks for joining us today, Denny. Well, Andy, thank you very much for having me on, and Kalamazoo, and Andy, and everybody have a great day. All right, take care. Special edition of Over the Garden Fence with Andy Waddell. More to come. On News Radio 590 at 106.9 FM WKZO. When you get evergreens from Woodell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, you're getting fresh dug evergreens that have been grown in Woodell's local nursery farm, assuring you that they'll be hard in your landscape for years of enjoyment. Put in a fence that's green year round. Arborvitus make a great hedge to give you more privacy or keep your trash can out of sight. They're 30% off this week. Or add some fluffy yellow arborvitus to really stand out in a landscape planting. They're 30% off too. Matter of fact, all of Waddell's top quality evergreens are 30% off this week. You could add some soft, wispy, year-round green to your landscape with Michigan State Tree, the White Pine. Maybe you need something to fill a tight space. The Skyrocket Juniper is perfect for narrow spaces or as a focal point in your landscape. Waddell's also has the best selection around of exotic evergreens. Come choose an eye-catching pom-pom juniper, a globe white pine, or a weeping white spruce for the focal point in your landscape. Need something shorter? Get a blue rug juniper. More beauties that are ready for planting are Black Hill Spruce, Woodward Globe Arborvita, and dozens more, all 30% off this week. Woodell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. Have you been waiting for that perfect tree for your landscape to go on sale? Well, now's your chance with a 20% off shade, flowering, and fruit tree sale going on this week at Woodell's. Add instant shade with quality shade trees that will add beauty and value to your home. A favor that Woodell's nursery specialist might recommend for instant shade is a flowering pear tree. Pear trees have beautiful flowers in the spring, wonderful shade in the summer, and great fall leaf color. Maybe you were wanting something a little bit smaller. There are 10 different Japanese maple varieties to choose from. A beautifully shaped tree that colors up nicely in the fall is the ginkgo, and there are more than a dozen varieties of fruit trees available. 
A tree that bees are especially attracted to is the linden tree. How about something with berries for the birds, like a service berry? Or if you want something really huge, Waddell's Autumn Blaze maple trees are instant shade size. Any tree you choose will be 20% off this week at Waddell's Nursery Forest and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the corner of Millen and 12th Street. Hey, Dan, how are you? Good. Good morning. Um, we live in Plainwell. Yes, sir. We have 10 acres, and our 10 acres is, well, it's woods. Mm-hmm. All right. And the, and the wife likes to, um, we got a leaf back, mop up the leaves, and put them on the garden for compost. And I think this is hurting the garden. Is Are we okay doing that, or are we hurting the garden? Because it seems like, you know, the, the the growth has always stunted, mm-hmm. and I and my thought was, well, if leaves were good for the soil, the farmers would be asking for them. <laughs> That's a, you know what, Dan? That's a good point. And so let's start with those leaves. In time, those leaves are going to start breaking down. But I might say to use them. Um, first time out in the garden, go ahead and till those over. But maybe on the next group of them, maybe put them in a compost pile, get them to start working down into breaking down instead of adding all of that into the garden at one time. You get that broken down and then you might churn in, whether it be compost or other manure or um, even house household clippings that could go in there, then you might see after six months or a year, those leaves might start working into a more of a compost that could be used. Now, as leaves break down, it doesn't matter if it's oak or maple, in time, they will become acidic. And acidic will probably drop your pH in your garden. Leaves don't necessarily have tons of nutritional value, but it is a green item that's going brown. When that happens, when something rots, it actually draws nutrient out of the ground. So that's why we say never put fresh mulch around a tree because fresh ground mulch, Dan, will actually pull nutrients out of the ground. That's why our bag mulch is always old. Cedar mulch has been in a pile for many years. So that's why we say make sure that have some of those leaves composted before they were put on. You know there is a leaf accelerator that you can actually put on, and we have compost accelerators, Dan, that you can make that big old pile, and you can actually have one spot your wife could work out of that pile and use that accelerator. You'd be surprised how that works works down and breaks those leaves down along with the other organic matter you put in there and make a nice compost uh, bin out of it. All right, I'll tell her that. Okay. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for calling. Great news for those with children. Woodells knows the importance of family as well as the desire to get out and play. Times are different now with COVID and Woodells is making a safe, clean outdoor experience for little ones to come enjoy some family fun time. Woodells is planning Kids Days at the Garden Center starting September 25th and 26th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. for three weekends in a row. Admission is only $2 per child per event and can be purchased online at shopwoodells.com or in-store on the day of the event. Woodells also has fresh apples, pumpkins, gourds, mums, pansies, spring bulbs, grass seed, corn shocks, shrubs, evergreens, and much more. Plus, Woodells has huge savings on pond items. All pond plants are 75% off. Pumps and chemicals are 50% off. And palletized natural stone, pond liners, and filter materials are 25% off. It's a great time to stock up on these items. And Woodells also has a tree and mulch sale. Evergreens are all 30% off. When you come to Kids Days, be sure to bring your face mask, camera, and smiling faces. 
Woodell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the corner of Millman 12th Street. <laughs> I just tell you. Again, Sorry, I made you laugh. When, 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 when we're off the air, we talk about things, you know, and, and we were discussing, I believe it was the process of chasing a bat. Oh, my gosh. And I actually, one time in a previous married life, we, we were up in the th- on the third floor and a bat <laughs> got in the room, right? Oh, yeah. I ended up using a child's ping pong net. <laughs> you know, one yeah. of those things, a tabletop yeah, thing. Yeah. That was the only way that I could trap him so that we could get him outside. Yeah. I just. And usually, Jim, it's either in the middle of the night, you're, yeah. you know, you're half asleep. Um, the thing, usually you feel something go by your face. Mm-hmm. Whoof, whoof, and it's probably um, halftime. It's your spice spouse going, honey, get up. There's something there's something over me. Yeah. In um, my previous home, oh boy, we had them really bad. We had a attic fan, which I love, Jim. You close all the windows up at, at night. Yay! Open up your bedroom window, turn on the attic fan, and all that nice breeze would come through the house. But when the attic fan turned off and the wind was blowing just right, the louvers wouldn't drop, and boom, in come those <laughs> in come those bats. So, yes. if if you um, from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. We, and that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe today is the day to look at a bat box. Mm-hmm. Come down and maybe that's maybe not a, a butterfly today or a, a, a hummingbird area. Maybe it's a bat. And maybe there's a problem that you can just put the bats in the right spot. They might go to this. But if you do have a bat in your home, <laughs> they are suggesting do not release it in the room of a, you're going to laugh, a sleeping person, yeah. <laughs> an unattended child, uh-huh. somebody mentally impaired or intoxicated. <laughs> so it's probably a good idea. Yeah. But you should ha- actually save the bat for rabies testing if you can. Mm-hmm. Capture the bat um, safely if you can. So um, <clears throat> you guys have all chased around a bat in your house. I don't know how <sighs> safe you can be, but wear leather gloves. Uh, you'll laugh at my next one. Place a box or a coffee can over the bat. I know a bunch of you are laughing yeah, right. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, punch a hole in a piece of cardboard and slide the cardboard under the container and trap the bat inside. Yeah. Now, you were talking about, I, I know there are a lot of people out there. The first thing that popped into their mind was, where did I put the tennis racket? Yeah. yeah. Because that seems to be the, you, you could press it to the and hold mm-hmm. it. Until you can figure out how to get it out of the house. We were on an island on vacation, Ooh. and I'll tell you what, they had those flying cockroaches, mm. and I I broke a broom trying oh, wow. to get that thing out of her. Well, I'm not trying to kill a bat. I'm just trying to get him out of the house and yes. maybe placing the bat box. Come down and talk to Don or Barb today. You might find where to place that bat box, where to place mm-hmm. the Mason Bee house. You can't just all, all of a sudden... Um, stick something on a post and expect everything to come. Yeah, It's just like bird feeding. The people that feed year-round have great results. It's the guy like me that says, oh, December 15th, you look outside, oh, there's some cold birds, you know, <laughs> and you stick you stick, um, you know, a little bird food out. Well, you probably don't see all the results because somebody is, uh, um, it's habitual. They're going to come back. They're going to come back to their favorite restaurant, and they're going to, same thing. If you get a bat house in the right spot and a hummingbird in the right area, maybe that hummingbird feeder Mm -hmm. is placed over your little wildflower garden. Thank you for having me. I got 38 plus for for box elders. Mm -hmm. Is that it? 38 plus? Is it a powder or liquid? No, it it is a liquid. Now, 
What I want to do is you're seeing that um, box elder bugs, you could use seven indoors or outdoors, the home defense around the outside of the property itself. But box elder can be a real pain. They can harbor like on that sunny spot right now. They really are um, can be a nuisance getting inside and outside the house. You're right. I got yeah. tons of them. Yeah, yeah. I would say around the base of the house, the, the home defense in combination really works good. You're going to see that combination. We have them really bad, and maybe it's a lot of it is I got a lot of natural area around me, Steve, but um, if you don't do something come winter, they find that warmth inside. They will, out of a million of them, a couple are going to sneak inside, and that's when they end up being a pain. I've had that too, but they don't fly much. They kind of stay where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like those um, the ladybugs that bite um, the European. You know, those those can be a nuisance too. That home defense um, can be sprayed around the outside perimeter and and take care of a lot. Okay, now it doesn't hurt anything when you spray it aluminum siding or vinyl or anything. That's what I said earlier. I like to take one little spot in the back corner, spray it first, let it dry ten minutes, see what you think. I have sprayed it on my white siding and had no effect whatsoever. So I just like people to test it. Okay. But if if it's if not, go below the siding. Go go down at the baseboards or the foundation of the house. Go on go on the rock itself. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right, Steve. Good luck. And that that home defense is is separate from this thirty eight plus. Then. Right? Yep. Yep. I like that thirty eight plus in the in the grounds itself, and then the home defense right on the house itself, and right okay. on the right on the border. Okay. Very good. Thank okay. you. All right. And that will wrap up this morning's edition, a special edition of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKUZO. Andy Waddell will be back live in the studio next Saturday morning.